Hello, and welcome back for another episode of the Accessible Technology Podcast with me as your host, Phoebe Slow. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, this is a podcast where you get to hear all about the everyday technology that is accessible for disabled people as well as learning what technology is less accessible, and where you also get to learn details on how technology companies can continue making their technology even more accessible, if that's the type of thing that you're into. And if you're wondering why this podcast is recorded in the way that it is, it's basically because I have been paralysed from the neck down since 2001, which means that my only bit of movement is my head. So that's why each of the reviews and text stories you hear on here are all from the point of view of someone who has very limited movement. So if you are someone like that, or you know, of people who have family members like that. Make sure to share the podcast with them. This podcast is now available to listen to on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music and Audible, on Google Podcasts and on Spotify. And it's also updated currently three times a week. In this episode, you're going to be hearing the second part of my Disability Tech Talks series, which is a series that I did for Disability History Month in 2020. With this episode covering the technological solutions that were used to help us attend events throughout the coronavirus pandemic, and that I think should still exist today as we move on from the pandemic as a way of making the world a wee bit more accessible for disabled people. But before I get fully into this episode, let me just add a couple of additional notes about the times that we were living in. And I hope this doesn't make anyone get any traumatic experiences or memories about the times that we lived in not so long ago. I apologise if that is not the case. So like the last episode, the main audio, which comes from a video that was uploaded to YouTube, back in November 2020, was uploaded at a time when the UK was just about to go into its second lockdown. Life was completely at a standstill, since no one was allowed to meet up for fear of catching the dreaded coronavirus. On the odd time that people were allowed out, 
they got into arguments about what we previously thought were very silly things, including arguments over toilet paper, water, pasta, and other essentials. I just want one pack. No, not one pack. And orders, surprisingly enough, were given out to stop people from panic buying. Please don't panic buy, no need for that. You can go out and buy anything you need, anytime. And there were other cases when shoppers even went to the extent of going around a shop in a zoo. I don't know what to make of that. Is she, is she the most sensible person or is she just a nutter? But nonetheless, it was also at this time when virtual tours and virtual talks became a thing as a way of helping out the tourism industry, which suffered greatly because people weren't allowed to travel to them in person. But in this episode, I'm going to be talking about which of the technological solutions to attending those events should stay around in the future to help make events such as those and inaccessible buildings more accessible for disabled people. So while 2020 has been a hard year for most of us, a lot of the technological help that has been, like virtual quizzes, virtual tours, and a lot more, has actually been quite beneficial for disabled people. Speaking from my own point of view, before the pandemic happened, I don't think there would have been ways for me to attend tours that I wanted to go on virtually, to go to talks or to even do quizzes online. And these are some of the things I'm going to be talking about. So at number one, we have virtual quizzes for businesses. If there's a winner for anything that has taken off since the beginning of the pandemic, it's the quiz for virtual quiz nights. In a normal year, I would go along to quizzes quite regularly. I really enjoy the Disney quizzes and the Christmas quizzes that go on and I've scored quite well in them in the past but the reason I put virtual quizzes for businesses at the start of this is because I could be a way of including people who in the next year might still be shielding and who might also not be able to go along because of underlying health reasons, etc. Most of the quizzes I go to 
Every heart tablet to join in or ask you to download an app or go to a website on your phone and to join in you just enter in a code and I think these could be held virtually if pubs, bars and restaurants want to include a certain amount of virtual tickets to a quiz. Coming in at point number two, we have virtual tours. I am a very big Georgian history geek, if you can classify it as that. And out of the entire Georgian history, that's the era that interests me the most is the Regency, mostly because I am just fascinated by the character of who the Prince Regent, the future King George IV might have been. At the beginning of this year, I saw that there was going to be a lot of stuff held in mainland to be about the Regent. And of course, I wanted to go along, but because I can't travel, as easily because of my disability and also the fact that quite a lot of planning has to go into me travelling. I knew that I wouldn't be able to travel. That changed in a couple of weeks because obviously COVID happened. But this is without sounding mean to the millions of families affected by COVID, where I think the technological fixes over the last few months have benefited me as a disabled person. And the months that followed, not only have I been able to go along to the George IV Hot and Spectacle exhibition virtually on the internet through today's technologies, but a couple of weeks ago I was also able to tour the Royal Biden Pavilion, which is a place I'm not too sure I would be able to get around fully with me being wheelchair dependent. What I particularly liked about the virtual tour of the Royal Pavilion is that you had your audio tour guide in each of the rooms which you could play. But what would have to change if virtual tours stayed a reality would be 
that you would have to include sign language options in case there's someone who is physically disabled and deaf and I would also like the ability to tap different bits of the screen to move around. So I think virtual tours is something I would definitely like to see stay around in a post-COVID world. Kind of similar. At point number three, we have virtual talks. Sticking again to the Regency, a couple of weeks ago I was also able to attend a virtual talk on the Time Traveller's Guide to Regency Britain, hosted by Ian Mortimer and organised by History Extra. Since, again, I can't travel just as easily as others. Anyway, I feel like this opened up attending a talk that I would generally be interested in. Opened me. And I don't think I'm the only disabled person saying that if virtual tours and virtual talks were grouped together in a package, I would pay for them in a post-COVID world because, let's face it, these could be ways that museums and other castles, etc., etc., could be getting around the disabled access problem. Since this is Disability History Month, I think it's important to mention that in today's world, when there's her disabled access. We do, in a way, feel like that is sort of like discrimination, and this could be a way for museums to get around the disability discrimination problem and disabled access. Another reason why I think virtual talks should stay online is because apparently my mother still likes to use her weekends away at history conferences twice a year to get away from me and given I still live at home I can't possibly tell why that is. I'm moving away from the history side at number four, we have online conferences. So during the various lockdown periods, I've also attended a vast amount of technology conferences. And I think these would be good to keep around 
um, um, online, but also in person. Ray, like, I think should also apply to point one of this, because there will still be people who will still be shielding um, a post-COVID world. What I like about keeping technology conferences online is that I've had chances to ask questions and that's when I've went to various ones and I've got contacts through that but yeah, that's why I also think that'd be good to keep the only thing I think would be good to change with online conferences is the ability on whether or not you share your camera or type questions in to a chat with various stages. But like that's the only thing. And finally, at number five, we have online meetings. In a post-COVID world, I would hope to be reporting on most things and conducting most interviews. I do person to person in the same room as each other, but as someone who is living in Northern Ireland and who can't travel just as easily if I am doing interviews with anyone in mainland GB or elsewhere in the world. I will be preferring to do them over the likes of Sim. So if you survive until the end bit of this episode, what did you think about the technological solutions that I've mentioned in it? Are there any technological solutions that were popular throughout the pandemic that you think should still exist as a solution to getting greater accessibility? To help out disabled people who can't actually get into buildings that can't become any more accessible? Or are there any other ideas that you have which I haven't brought up? Or on another note, would you prefer to just leave everything in the past? If you'd like to pass on some of your thoughts, you can include them in a review wherever you're listening to this on, as well as via the contact pages over on my FeebStyle Tech Review site, www.pltechreviews.co.uk, or on my other website, phoebelow.com. If you're interested in watching the other videos that I've uploaded on accessible technology before, you can find them over on my PL Tech Reviews YouTube channel. 
gonna feed like to see a couple of my accessible tourism reviews as well as my film, TV, theatre reviews and political videos. You can see them by searching for my Feedstyle Journalism YouTube channel. Or if you would like a video free version of that and only want to listen to the audio because maybe you're driving. You can do so by searching for the Thieves Loud Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music and Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and on Radio Public where you'll get everything that I cover on Thieves Loud Journalism in podcast form with some tech news stuck in there as well. Plus, you can also find a video version of the Accessible Technology Podcast by searching for the Accessible Technology Podcast on YouTube and clicking on the channel that has that name. But anyway, that's all for now. So in the next three episodes, we're going to be carrying on through another few episodes of the Disability History Month series that I did in 2020. With the next one being all about how home automation offers more independence for disabled people. After that, We'll be moving on to talking about accessibility options that developers should include to make technology and gaming more accessible. And after that, we'll be moving on to where accessible and assistive tech sits within the law. The final episode will be about disability representation and video games and then I'll be moving on to hopefully some more uplifting topics. But thanks for listening to this complete podcast episode the whole way through and please follow it if you like what I'm doing. As mentioned, I plan to update this podcast three times a week and that will hopefully allow me to then move on to covering some more recent technology news that is taking place throughout this year. But yeah, we'll see what happens because I do have some other commitments away from this as well. But yeah, okay, my promises to an extent anyway. If you would like to support me via my socials, you can do so by searching for @feedslow on Twitter and by searching for the real feedslow on Instagram. And if you would also like to support the Feedslow Tech Reviews site, you can do so by searching for pltechreviews.co.uk on WordPress. 
if you have a WordPress account. If you don't have a WordPress account, however, you can still support Babes Loud Tech Reviews by searching for at PL Tech Reviews on Twitter and on Instagram. But anyway, thanks for listening and I'll talk to you on the next one. Bye!